Welcome to the Retirement Learning Show podcast series, episode 68 with independent learning tech analyst John Lane. Today, I interview Aaron Lundberg, president and CEO of Presidium, about his innovative use of learning technology to prevent sexual abuse. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentedlearning.com. Well, welcome back, listeners, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy lives to tune in. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview experts in extended enterprise learning technology from both the vendor and the practitioner points of view. And today's no different as we have Aaron Lundberg here to share his organization's approach and solution to preventing sexual abuse of children and vulnerable adults in organizations worldwide. Aaron's been president and CEO at Presidium for over eight years, but also served as Presidium's CEO and vice president for the 15 years before that. Aaron backs up all that experience with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and a Master of Science in Social Work, as well as the experience of assessing and working on hundreds and hundreds of cases of sexual abuse, abuse in his career. I had the pleasure of meeting Aaron on a recent learning tech panel discussion at Thought Industries Cognition 2023 event, learned his story, and knew we had to have him on the podcast to share with our audience. Aaron's been using learning technology to support Presidium's mission for decades. He's learned the right way to do things. He's probably learned the wrong way to do a few things. However, Aaron will be the first to tell you that Presidium is not a training company. Even though they sell training, it is an abuse prevention company that strategically uses learning and learning tech as a tool to help achieve their goals and their mission. And we're going to learn all about it. Aaron, welcome to the Down to Learning Show. It's great to have you here. Great to be here, John. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, as you know, we were on a panel discussion uh, a month or two ago already, and I uh, learned all kinds of things about how you approached uh, life, how you use training to support that. Uh, learning technology and your leadership and all that going global and all kinds of things and on that panel discussion and you weren't even five minutes into that discussion I was thinking oh we got to have Aaron here on the talented learning show to to share all these same things with, with our audience so they could hear too and so uh, thanks for taking the time you got a lot of things to do uh, with your time in life and I appreciate you spending it with us uh, but maybe we can start off at the top how about you tell us about Presidium your history your mission we'll start there and start digging in yeah, sure. So um, Presidium uh, helps organizations build and sustain uh, a commitment to preventing abuse within their organizations. And when we when we talk about abuse, we're specifically referring to the abuse of a child or a vulnerable adult that that organization is serving. And so we've um, uh, been um, in operation now for about 32 years. Um, and we work with any organization that puts essentially one person in charge of another, and we help them manage that risk, and we help them, God forbid, if there's an incident that occurs, we help them respond in a transparent and compassionate way. So they're helping the organization uh, uh, manage that type of incident and also responding well to the alleged victims um, in those cases as well. Well, wow, interesting. And so uh, recently... Uh, not recently, uh, two decades ago, I think he started using online learning yeah. uh, and learning in general to uh, support the overall mission. Uh, but you, you famously uh, uh, don't refer to yourself as a training company, but rather a, a, an abuse prevention company. And, and so I was wondering if you could start framing out for us how you look at training, what that means to you and how that's a part of the overall solution that 
that you provide uh, uh, your clients or the organizations you serve rather. Yeah, and so um, uh, to speak to that, it's helpful to talk a little bit about our origin and how that has guided us to help manage um, this risk for organizations. And so um, uh, the way we got started uh, was um, after there was a horrible uh, case where a young boy was molested uh, by a volunteer within an organization in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, the organization knew all too well that it happened, but what they didn't know was how it happened. And so they went to the local university here, University of Texas at Arlington, and uh, met with a team of researchers in the School of Social Work and said, help us so this doesn't happen again. And so that, that team um, went to the literature to see what research was out there. And long story short, there wasn't any. And so what they began to do was uh, uh, collect as many cases of abuse within organizations as they could find. And they, and they ended up collecting about 400. And they used a methodology called root cause analysis. And that helps you get to what the root causes of these incidents. And so the, the good news was there was not 400 reasons these cases were happening. Um, the bad news was there wasn't a silver bullet. There wasn't one root cause, one thing an organization could do to manage this risk. Instead, what they found was there were eight. And so there were eight different root causes that we um, now call our safety equation. And these are eight areas an organization needs to evaluate and implement safety protocols in order to um, adequately manage this risk. And so um, you can think of this equation. And so they take those eight areas and you have to get safety points in all those eight to get to a kind of 100% safety. Um, one of those areas, a uh, particularly important one, is training. And so um, organizations have to have the right policies. And so that's that's in our policies box. That's one, op that's one uh, root cause uh, operation within our safety equation. Um, and another is um, you have to uh, let children or their parents know how to protect themselves or their children. Another is you have to monitor certain activities better. But training, and then there's obviously several others, but training is a core one because um, if you don't train your employees on the policies they're supposed to follow or how to monitor those organizations, I mean, I'm sorry, those situations, um, all of it is for naught. And then the other thing we've learned over the years is um, offenders don't um, operate traditionally in unpredictable ways, and they rarely go from zero to 60. And so they rarely enter an organization and abuse a child. And so instead, what they do is a process of grooming. And so we can train individuals on those signs of grooming to prevent the incidents from occurring. And so if we respond to the grooming um, patterns, then the abuse can be averted. Um, and so training plays a core function in, in, in the work that we do. Wow. Interesting. So expand further on uh, how that training curriculum looks today. Tell us, well, maybe you take a step back. Tell us about the, the academy in, in general and what you launched and, and now what that training looks like, the formats that you use. Um, yeah. Just tell us all about it. What's that look like? Yeah. So that's been an evolution as well. So when, when we started um, all, you know, 30, odd years ago, um, uh, like most other people, all the training we did was in person. And so we um, uh, would fly around, train organizations. Uh, we would feel like we did a great job. But what we realized um, fairly quickly was we go out and we train an organization and they hire someone the next day. 
well, that person is not empowered with how to prevent abuse within organizations because they missed the whole training. And then they wait a year or two longer and um, they have a whole team of people who have not been empowered. And so when online training became a thing, uh, we were uh, the first uh, organization to develop and implement an online abuse prevention course. And so at that time, we started with a um, uh, core set of courses that were basically um, uh, three different courses that were kind of at the basics of what everyone needs to know about managing this risk. Um, and over time, that's significantly involved. And so um, we still do on-site training. Um, that's very relevant in terms of what we do. We have experts who go out and train schools and churches and social service agencies. And so that's still an important aspect. We also have a train the trainers program. And so we go out and we have a, a video based training uh, that's used where we train individuals how to train on the video um, that we produced and then facilitate those sessions within their organizations. And then obviously, um, uh, we have a whole suite now of online trainings. And so what we've learned um, is that because we work in so many different industries, um, the learner, well, A, um, how abuse happens in different industries um, varies. And so you have to train a church a little different than have, have, how you have to train a foster care agency. But second, for the learning to really stick, they have to feel like it's for them. And so... Um, we have developed um, uh, a pretty large number of industry-specific courses. And so if you're in healthcare, we have courses for how to prevent abuse within a hospital. Uh, if you're in a camp, uh, we have courses for camps. And then, so that's created a pretty wide library for us. And then also it's role-based. And so if you're a board of director, uh, you have a role in preventing abuse and you need to be trained uh, on what that role is. So we have, training for board members. Uh, we have a video-based program, uh, and also we do on-site. And then we have leadership training to take a step notch for C-suite. What's your role? And then we have kind of frontline supervisor. So over the years, we've developed a pretty comprehensive uh, uh, catalog of courses for organizations to access. Wow. wow. And so all those courses then are mapped back to the eight, the eight root causes then. And so you're constantly just tying it back to that. And then tailored and adapted it for the, the roles and the industries. That, that's exactly right. Yep. Wow. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and so you're also CEO and founder of Presidium Chile. And uh, as you've been pushing, the last time we talked, you were in Colombia. Uh, as you uh, continue to push uh, your solution uh, uh, all over the world, can you tell us about that and how, uh, what, what your process and thinking is in that? And then uh, you know, what challenges uh, that you encounter, you know, now that you have this larger library of courses and curriculum in general, how does globalization play into that? Yeah, um, uh, so it's um, certainly been exciting and it's certainly been a challenge. Uh, we started working in Latin America just because the need presented itself. And so we, we had um, clients who work in the U.S. and they also had programs in Latin America. And so they said, well, you work with our Latin America programs and, and and we said, sure. And then um, as we began to work in Latin America, uh, we began to interface with other organizations who had the same risk. And so our business grew. Um, uh, we were fortunate enough um, to do some uh, work in South America and through that work met a partner um, who is in Santiago, Chile. And she really grabbed onto our mission. She had a great background. And so we partnered together to open 
um, an office in Santiago, Chile. So we serve um, kind of Central America uh, through our U.S. office and then South America through our Chile office. And um, online training has certainly been uh, a challenge for a couple of reasons. One is um, how do we uh, uh, translate um, our pretty extensive course catalog um, into different languages? And so we've been in the process of doing that for years. And so we have a couple courses. We started with a couple courses and now that's been growing. Um, the other challenge, and it continues to be a challenge, is um, we sell to organizations. Uh, so um, uh, our client is the organization itself. And so they have to be able to administer our LMS. And so we need the back end of the learning management system uh, to be in Spanish or in French. We do some work with um, uh, uh, French Canadian clients. And, and so um, that's been a challenge we've been working through to how do we make it accessible to different cultures and different languages as we, as we get bigger. Interesting. Interesting. So everybody typically thinks about the, the content and the translation challenges, not necessarily the, the uh, delegated administrative challenges uh, of doing that. The, the online content uh, that you have, how'd you go about uh, creating that? Is that something that you build internal capabilities around? Do you, work with partners to develop that? Do you use uh, authoring tools? Do you use your LMS to author? What's what's the story there? Yeah, all of the above. And so uh, <laughs> the, vast majority, the vast majority of our content is um, developed through, um, uh, we, we are the SMEs. We're the subject matter, um, uh, subject matter experts. And so our consultants who go out and work with our different clients, we have consultants for the church world and we have consultants for youth development world. Um, they're the ones that we go to to say, we need a course on um, uh, how to prevent child-on-child -child abuse. And we need it within the youth development world. And so we bring our youth development experts in and they say, here are the contents that we train in person on. And here are the trends that I'm seeing working with clients. And then we also use, um, we have um, uh, uh, probably one of the largest databases of incidents of of how hmm. this uh, case occurs. So we use that incident data to guide that. And so those that's the content experts. And then we use um, authoring tools uh, within, uh, we use Thought Industries. Uh, so they have some authoring tools built in. We have some other authoring tools that we use. Um, sometimes we subcontract depending on what the course is and if it's um, something that we want to um, uh, uh, push out. Um, so it, it just really varies on what the content is and who's it for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the decision point that you use to say, okay, I'm going to develop this for instructor-led training versus online learning? Is is there a formal point that uh, you use to say it's one or the other, or really it's just a matter of convenience based on preferences of your clients? Yeah, it's a good question. It, it, it is certainly um, uh, partly based on our client preference. So for example, independent schools. We do a lot of work with private schools. They love in-person training. And it works fairly well for them because they have a pretty specific training cycle, right? Right before school starts. They have all their teachers in for in-service trainings. They have a series of trainings already lined up. And so we just fit within their schedule and we can train about 90% of their team members. Now, what we really push for and, and we're fairly successful is we say, okay, you need this on-site training, but you also need to be signed up for online training because of the dynamic that I described earlier. If you hire somebody new, you want them trained. And so have them do, go through a corresponding course. Um, and, and so we do have the preference. Um, some of it is content and 
the um, the frame of mind the client is in. And so what I mean by that is um, we put organizations kind of into three camps and we call it the journey of the three C's. And so there's a complacency camp. And so these are organizations who don't know that they need to manage this risk, essentially, or they think it's another person's problem. And so they're in denial. Then we have a compliance camp and we have a commitment camp. So if we're working in an industry or a, a geographic region that, that in general, they tend to be complacent, in-person training tends to be more effective because you can, you can talk to them at the human level a little better. You can um, help tell stories. You can answer object, objectives. If you have an organization who's already said, no, we need to manage this. And at a leadership level, we get it. We're going to reinforce content. Online training is a much more um, effective way to ensure that we're getting the right content at the right time to the right people. And so it's a little bit of a science and an art determining who, what we create for who, depending on who they are as an industry, where they are as a country, and then who we're talking to as individuals. Wow. Insightful, insightful. That's what I've never considered that uh, from the different groups uh, like that uh, of needing uh, uh, different pieces. What about all, uh, what about, like you mentioned, uh, uh, for example, you know, at the board level, and then you have the senior executives, and then you have the frontline people. At some point, I would guess at the frontline people, it's it's more than just knowing, it's the actual doing, the the observing, the actual showing that you know, they can catch the signs or recognize the signs. What was your strategy on on, on the practice of that piece? Uh, uh, how do you think about that? Yeah, um, and that's a um, uh, something that we're always considering about how effective our training is. You know, are people learning and then translating that into their day-to-day -day behaviors? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so um, uh, one is... Um, at the, what, what we've learned is with an online training, um, more isn't more, meaning um, <laughs> if you try to cram as much content as you think the human absolutely needs to know and it needs to be as long as possible to do so, mm -hmm. that's okay. It's not okay. And so we have to really drill down to say, we may think these hundred things are important, but a human can't, they're not gonna take that in and apply it. So you have to get the content down to the bare bones while making it engaging and impactful. And so making sure we're not trying to cram too much into a course. Um, the second is really partnering with the organization to say, okay, we're training these individuals on how to monitor a bathroom or hmm. how to identify red flags. And so here organization, because we may not, we may or may not be working with the organization after that. Hopefully we are, but not always. Here are um, indicators of success of that training. Are they monitoring the bathroom as we are training them to do? Are they reporting things? And so one of the myths in, in our area is that you train a bunch of people things and your incidents go down. Well, actually it's the reverse, is you train them and if you train them right, you will actually see low level behavior reports go up. That's a good sign the training's working because you're, wow. you're educating people. And so we tell them, uh, if you start to get these um, uh, red flag behaviors that aren't abuse reports, that's a, it's counterintuitive, but that's a good thing because those things were happening anyways, but people are just identifying those and reporting those now. So that's the other piece. Now, macro, bigger picture on that is, you know, how do we know in general that our, our training's working um, uh, at a much more sophisticated level? And so we, we've, we're in the very beginning phases of that. We've recently partnered with um, 
uh, a research um, a research team uh, that's funded through the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and they're evaluating our training, our online training within schools, wow. uh, in particular public schools. And so, and then, so they're receiving leadership training, they're receiving on-site uh, for t- training for teachers, and then they're doing a series of evaluations to see what how that's moved the needle. And so, we're hoping to engage more in that types of research so we, that we know what we're training people is actually having an impact on the ground. Interesting. Interesting. One of the uh, options that you have, you can navigate to your site and start the process of uh, assessing your organization, uh, probably against those eight different areas of, of root causes and risks, I'd imagine. How does, uh, tell us a little bit about that assessment process, I guess, for new organizations, I guess, to see what bucket of the three they're in yeah. from a, a C standpoint, you know, yeah. complacency, probably. You know, how does that work? And does that impact the the training mission then too? Like, do you custom tailor that's based on these assessments? How, do, how does that whole process, how do you think about that? Yeah, so um, uh, there's uh, two ways we help organizations assess their um, programs. And so one is we have a team of consultants um, who will go out and um, uh, we'll bring a team and they will do everything from reviewing organizations' policies, they'll do architectural inspections, they'll interview everyone from board of directors down to um, a maintenance worker or anybody who works within the organization. They do lots of observation and they come back with a report that's um, uh, organized by our safety equation to say, well, in policies, when we reviewed your policies, you had these really good ones, but we didn't see a policy on this, or you need to revise this policy on that. And then we look at the training curriculum. We look at, and so we come back with the report uh, we make recommendations, and then the hard work begins is how do you implement recommendations and how do you make those alive within the organization? And so that's one way. The second way we do it is we have an online self-assessment tool. And so organizations can go in and evaluate um, their practices versus our best practice standards. And um, they uh, go through and they do it, and then they get a report card. And anywhere they didn't get full credit, meaning they didn't give themselves full credit, they get a resource. So if they say, no, we don't have a policy on that, the system generates that policy. Or we don't have training on that. It generates training options for that. And so um, uh, those are the two ways we help organizations assess. And um, absolutely positively, that helps generate training, um, either curricula or itself, or um, uh, aims their curricula at certain issues. So for example, if we go in and we do an assessment and we say, well, you do a great job at training on how to report abuse, but what we didn't see is any training on how to prevent it, meaning the red flag behaviors, how to, so we would recommend this curricula. We either have a course, you can develop it yourself, however it works, or you don't train your board of directors. You train these groups really well and you have all the right content, but mm-hmm. you're not training or you're hiring managers. You're not training them on how to um, uh, screen out potential offenders. So here's some content. Here's a course we can offer, whatever it may be. Um, but it's like taking a scalpel instead of the broad brush of, of what your recommendations are for training. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. All right. Back to learning technology. Uh, uh, so you mentioned thought industries, you mentioned some authoring tools, you mentioned an online assessment. What other pieces of the ecosystem, especially ones that are touching the LMS, uh, any other pieces, integration important to your business? Integration is really important to our business, and it's um, one of uh, the key areas that we're going to be working on for the next couple of years. And so um, uh, we have three online platforms that you can think of. And so one is two we mentioned, the online self-assessment, 
and the other is um, uh, Academy. That's our online training program and our training trainers program. Um, those two do not connect. There's, there's no um, integration between those two. The third that we have is we are a full service background screening company. So we run current background checks, sex offender registry checks on organizations. Um, we have integrated um, our online learning platform with our online background check platform. So if I'm an organization um, and I'm gonna volunteer, um, I will go through one path. I'll put my information in to get a background check. When that's clear, then I'll get kicked over to do the online training. And then I can um, essentially, quote unquote, begin whatever volunteer or employment activity that I have. Um, uh, the future goal is to integrate all of our systems. And so the online self-assessment as well. Um, we have a helpline. So organizations report their incidents to us. And so we will be developing a front end for that and that will be integrated. And so we will have connective tissue uh, with all of our um, online training programs. And uh, we will develop uh, kind of a single sign on front end and then a single solution on the back end. And so an organization can see all of their quote unquote compliance data in one dashboard to see, oh, we have 80% of our people trained uh, 90% of them screened. Our score on our self-assessment was an 82, and we've had four um, incidents reported, helpline incidents reported. So that's that's a, a big step that we'll be taking over the next several years. That sounds like a big step. Uh, pull all that together, that'll be really valuable for organizations yeah. to to see exactly where they're at in uh, in their journey. Uh, in their journey to compliance. So that's awesome. Uh, we're already at the end of our time. Uh, it always goes this way uh, so fast. Um, you've been at this for 20 years. You've been CEO for eight years. What have you learned? Like what? A, what's what's something that you could share here with all us listeners? Something that you did wrong that you, you know, wish you didn't do? Maybe something, uh, just some advice to say, okay, you're building more than a training company. You're building a mission. You know, here's some things to think about before you, you, you leave. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what type of advice could you, you bestow on all of us? Yeah. I'm going to give you a real specific <laughs> one. Related. Yeah. I, I, I'll give you a real specific one related to training and uh, right. maybe I'll kind of broaden it out and maybe provide a, another one on leadership. But what we did wrong with training early on, well, I'll say two things is one, um, as I mentioned, we start, we developed our own LMS and we developed our own onsite training and online training. And that served us well for an awful long time. However, um, what, what accelerated that we did not keep up with was um, the LMS technology and developments. We, were, we are an abuse prevention company. We are not an LMS company. And so for a while in the early days, that was not a problem. Um, today, you can't, in my opinion, you can't do it. The second issue that we did along with that is we tried to be everyone, everything to everyone. And so within our old LMS, every single need that our clients had, we said yes to. And it, it turned out to be fairly messy. Um, and so what we've learned, and we learned this about four or five years ago, is that we can't do that. We're not a technology company. We're an abuse prevention company. So we've got to partner with groups who, who all they do is live and breathe LMS systems. They think about it night and day. And we have to say no to clients. Um, uh, and and have a more strategic thoughtful plan. And so that's my big lesson learned, I think. Um, and that applies certainly outside of um, training as well. Wow, I knew you'd have some sage advice for us. Thanks, Eric. Cool, that is great, that's uh, great. Not a tech company, 
the need to partner, say no to clients. Uh, my own say no to clients is the whole 80-20 rule. You know, only only tweak things 20% of the time if you have to, uh, if you have to. So that's great. Great interview, uh, great mission and uh, doing some good in the world. And I just love to uh, how it's so much broader than just training a lot of organizations that come on the show are really just training companies and they're, you know, they're focused from a, you know, from a, a business standpoint. And so are you, but it's so much broader than that with all the different pieces uh, and interactions that you bring uh, that it's uh, very interesting and, and encouraging to just to hear how uh, strategic and, and how you've pulled all the pieces together. So uh, thanks again for taking the time to, to share. We really appreciate it. You can start that uh, process of, of going to your organization at uh, Presidium. Uh, inc.com is the easiest way and there's information about those assessments and uh, getting in contact uh, uh, my guess is there's there's probably a whole bunch of organizations listening today that might be in that complacency column of the three c's and uh, now's a good time as any uh, to, to to get going on that so uh aaron thank you very much thank you very much awesome listeners thanks for tuning in to another episode of the talented learning show it's great to have you here we hope to see you on the next you can find more of our fiercely independent content on learning technology at talentedlearning.com. Have a great day, everyone.